0: Hi, this is Say Your Name, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. By the way, I'm Brendan Wayne. The
1: show that took off its helmet, and nobody cared. Sheesh, what's a podcaster gotta do to become an apostate these days? Oh, boy.
2: Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 2187. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the enterprise in their struggle against the empire that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the red shirt widows and orphans fund has his back and what's left of his chain code
1: all right guys our guest today uh, is an amazing actor although who although having famous family members in the entertainment industry has struck out on his own uh, and earned himself roles on tv shows and movies that Trust me, you love to watch. However, we're not going to mention any of those works produced by Struck Companies at this time. If you look him up, you can figure it out for yourself uh, who exactly he is. But let's just say that Papa Pedro may be the voice, but Brendan and his buddy Latif are the body. That's all I'm going to say. But we are so happy and excited uh, to welcome Brendan Wayne to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Brendan.
0: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, um, and uh, I like that intro. I'd, I'd like to. I keep getting heat um, on this interweb thing about how I don't. Uh, I don't give Pedro enough credit, and I just want to abolish any of those thoughts. I'm so I'm literally so tired of it. I just have to delete things constantly. <laughs> um, I have somebody who does my social media, um, just general things like liking certain things and they're like they seriously are insane i'm like yeah it's a little weird um but it's it's funny because we we spoke about it together and he's like look i don't need you to promote me promote yourself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i'm not a big fan of doing that so this is all kind of new to me but there's a lot of people who are a little soft-hearted um and think that there's some kind of shade getting thrown and there isn't the last thing uh the last thing my buddy needs is for me to in any way pump him up. The guy is, uh, is incredibly talented and incredibly gracious. So I was leaving it at that. You're the first show. I, I really kind of stuck to stuck to that, but I would point out that I was the only one who stood up publicly and said anything when there was heat on him uh, in the media. I just want to know. And I got in trouble for doing it. So.
2: You know, if yeah. you're gonna get in trouble for sticking up for your friend, then get in trouble for sticking up for your friend.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. And if you're gonna hit somebody, make sure they don't get up. There you go. Right. Solid advice. And I
2: mean, especially when your friend is Pedro Pascal. I mean
1: Hey, I called him Papa Pedro for a reason.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Space. I Daddy. mean nothing.
2: I am happily married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Brandon, in the intro, I'm going to get away from that to keep, to keep Kathleen happily married. Uh, but in the intro,
2: <laughs> since, since my husband is our editor,
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> so in the intro, we mentioned that you have some famous relatives in, in the TV and movie in, uh, industry. Uh, people like Loretta Young, Marino O'Hara, and of course your grandfather, John Wayne, uh, which, you know, yeah. at, anytime we have an opportunity to talk about the Duke, we're going to take that. But, um, it's not so much a question about the Duke. It's more of a question about Mr. Brendan Wayne. How did you go about setting yourself apart from your family name and legacy while still showing the love and respect to those who came before you?
0: I think my my mom taught me from a young age that uh, first, not the Duke. So, you know, whether I had uh, cousins or friends or, I don't know, people who were very impressed with it and you tried to use it or leverage it um, that was never going to be the way I went about it because uh, my mom had a heavy hand. And if you got caught trying to throw a weight, that wasn't yours. She, she, she lets you know, you know, that that was unacceptable. Everything you did in life, you had to earn. So um, awesome. My path was mine. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't immediately go in the business. Uh, I did a lot of things. And then around, I, think I was about 27. My mom got bless her. So eight kids, she'd made it through not everybody. Uh, not one of us had gone into the business. And she was like, What are you doing? You're wasting away. And it, you, your future's not strong. What are you doing? Uh, I, I don't know. And you got to make a choice. You're too old to be standing around, letting things come to you. It's just a, it's mm-hmm. not gonna work. And I was like, ah. I mean, honestly, I think I want to be an actor. And it was like, it was like she did all four years of the presidency in that 10 seconds. And she <laughs> aged and she was like, oh, no, she was great. Um. She literally, She said, hey, if you're going to do it, you you need to be just like your whole life. Everything you did, you had to be better than the one next to you because people expected more from you because of where you came from. Didn't matter if it's fair. It like none of that matters. Like we didn't have those kind of conversations where like is it fair? It was this is what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's your responsibility. Get it done. And so uh, I went to theater school. I learned to dance and sing and fence and do all the traditional things that I would have eschewed. Uh, I'm I'm positive that I wanted to be an actor always, but I think I had gotten an idea that I could get away with being an actor without really working at it and going to school. My mom knew was going to really demand my focus. And so that's what I did and then I went to USC film and then uh, came out and started working, um, towards getting jobs. And, uh, I would met my wife in that time and, and she actually, she submitted me blindly. I wasn't part of the union. And blindly submitted me for a show that I I booked. I went straight to producers and it was crazy. And I booked it and uh, I was like, this is going to be easy. And then five years later, I'm like, I need to get another job (laughs) because I haven't worked since then. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's my my path was always going to be because my grandfather, you know, that's a heck of a shadow and two things worked in my favor. uh as far as business-wise not in my emotional favor he had passed long before i really kind of put my roots down to go and then also they'd stopped really making any westerns so it wasn't like i was being asked i wasn't getting the i don't know i wasn't getting the old handshake on the way in so good to meet you mr wayne and they walk you in and then you know it's not like that it was more like who are you okay nice Oh, wait, your brother did something. And so most of the time, especially in this business where everything is just constantly, how can we get it cheaper? So any great casting directors, they very very rarely stay because nobody wants to pay them. So they just keep renewing them. So I walked into a lot of fresh rooms, people my age who uh, were like, yeah, I don't know what a John Wayne is, you know, or things like that. Not a lot, but a few. And so it gave me uh, freedom to just was and what I was, you know, and I think for the reason why it took me so long to say I wanted to be an actor was because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to sully my grandfather and his, Mm -hmm. his, you know, what he meant means, you know, like what, it's like uh, Ford used to say, when the legend becomes fact, you print the legend. Mm -hmm. And so what he represented was something far greater than even he could have hoped for. So I didn't want to mess with that. And then at the same time, uh, you know, you have your own fears of success or whatever, or of failure. I, I don't know which one, but uh, with the strength and support of my, my wife and my friends, you know, those moments where I might've been weak, they helped me. So how did I get here? I got here through my, my family and friends, and uh, hopefully at the end of the day, my my hard work and uh, willingness have shown out and will continue to show what I want. That's
1: cool. Yeah. I, I love it when we talk to actors who, uh, cause we've, we've talked to many who have come up, you know, with, with relatives in the industry. And yeah. it's always interesting to me because uh, many have similar responses to what you said you know where it, it wasn't so it was never about their family it was about yeah. them wanting to do something for themselves and and the wantingness to have the the satisfaction of having done it on their own and and having the satisfaction of having something earned not something given i i've always thought that that's I think that adds a different perspective to how you look at your career and your life and everything else. If you're looking at what you've earned instead of what you've get, you were given.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, if, if you're, you know, if you have the right support system, I like to say raised well, cause I had a great mom who was unreal and my pop, you know, uh, did what he did. And it was, I was raised in a way that, that made me accountable. Mm-hmm. And so if you're held accountable, it's hard to be entitled. And so, very true. I, I think in a lot of ways I had to I to help myself I had to become okay with being his grandson mm-hmm. so that I could you know it would be like the carnegies like somebody not going into business cuz oh we did that and uh you, you don't do that like you have to embrace it outside of it and then you have to look at your similarities that make you stronger and use them and go. And so the funny thing for me was, you know, everybody talked about, you know, he's not a great actor, a lot of people would. Um, They didn't give him a lot of credit. And I used to buy into it. And then somebody asked me, you know, what was he like to you? And I went, oh, he's a big, goofy, (laughs) practical, joking guy. Oh my, yeah, no, he's a phenomenal actor. (laughs) yeah could he get serious i guess like when when something would really you know tick him off i guess i didn't see it often and i that whole like i don't know that character that he played quite often um that stoic individual Mm -hmm. who had that rugged Mm -hmm. you know individualism and, and desire to see everyone make their own choices and the greater good being more important than the selfish one um Those were all character traits of his. But when I hung out with him, he's the kind of guy, you know, I've said this before on other interviews, but I find it to really illustrate who I knew versus what was represented. And uh, he would saran wrap his toilet so that when us kids would go in there and we couldn't tell, (laughs) and he would die laughing. That's that's who I knew. And so then you go and see... Uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance, and he's like Tom Don. I'm like he's a mean cuss. Um, but really, you find those things, and you you find out that he's a, he really loved to physically find his characters. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is the only way to go about it for me. That's how I can get to the emotion of anything. Uh, that's how I can define a movement. You know where you you know. If you're not um, in a costume, best way I can say that, <laughs> uh, you can look at somebody and give them that look. Very mm-hmm. so, a yeah. cowboy hat or something like that. There is a uh, there's something to that that speaks to a different thing. And uh, you know, all of us who were raised by, you know, people who uh, had to deal with us when we did something stupid, we understand oh, yeah. that slow head turn. And that moment of, oh, the light just hit me and I need uh-huh. to. So, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm a dead man. Yeah, I know that. I know so, that feeling so well. I had to find out that, you know, because like, I wanted to, you go through these things as, as an actor, I, I believe, like who's studying their craft and you look at different forms and different approaches. And I, my my wife, again, brought me to a, an incredible coach. It was Nikolai Guzoff. He's out here. He coaches so many professionals that are off the chain good um this approach worked for me incredibly well it wasn't a uh like a method or or a you have your personalizations that just happen just like if we're talking and you're like oh i relate to uh his mom you know telling him to be his own man okay great and then you move on cuz otherwise you sit there and then you i go away from the story so like i learned that the my job is to tell my character's part of the story Mm-hmm. The director's job is to tell the whole story. So I try never to pull the blanket onto me. Are you jealous of Grogu, I joke around, but the kid, you know, to me is the kid. And so when I have to, as an actor, present another character, I do it because that's part of my storytelling. So mm-hmm. my process is always involving my physicality first, usually. And how does that affect everything else within the sphere of the story that the writer, the director, the producers, less the producers, because they're more about how much we're spending each day <laughs> uh, and more about, you know, like, uh, how does lighting, you know, the, the lighting really needs me to hit right in here. And so how do I, how do I support Jeff? And then how, how does Simon, you know, want me framed in the shot or Chris Murphy or you know, Baz or Greg Frazier, like these guys want to. This is where it is. And the grips, they got to move this dolly so I can walk. And they can be like, you can see the guy just dogging it. And he's like, no, no, I got you. And that guy will run through a wall, but is there a way that we can work better? Oh, okay. And so when you find these moments, people think, Oh, he, you know, they just sat in their trailer and created this guy and it's not circumstance. Uh, the the grips, the lighting, um, the ads. uh, Kim 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 Richards, (laughs) she's my heart. She's my ad always, pretty much. Jason Kemp, these guys they come in, and they all these elements VFX, Justin, uh, (laughs) Jason, all those guys they come in, and if we to me it's we. If we do something, you're gonna love it. It's right. it's there's just no two ways about it. We can overcome uh weak story points if we're all doing in this moment what we want to do creatively as well as basic. And so I watch, you know, the dolly's gotta move at this pace. Well, I gotta move at that pace, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody's like, wow, that's super swagger right there. And you go, Oh, ha. <laughs> So that's how my grandfather <laughs> gets into his walk. You know, they're like, you can walk as fast as you do at five Duke. Um, and we're never, you're going to be in it for a half a second. Or you can slow that walk down and you can stay in the show for another minute. And right. all of a sudden you see his hips are doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, wow, that character's really got a kind of feel to him. I like it. And that's it's funny when I say embrace your embrace your roots. I never intended, you know. People are like, "Oh, he walks just like his grandpa. Like I don't practice that. That's the furthest thing I ever did. If you see me walk around right now, I'm gonna walk at 100 miles an hour, and you'll never see it. But if you tell me I gotta slow down, I can't even help
1: it. <laughs> right. That's the way to... It just happens that way. My what? son, my son, uh, uh, my oldest boy, looks. He's the spitting image of my father-in-law. Like when you look at pictures of them at a certain age, it's, it's almost mirror mirror to mirror. And then Mm -hmm. his movements and the way he does things are very much like my father-in-law. And it's not like, it's not like Parker tried to do those things. They just came naturally. So I get what you're saying about the walk. You know, it's like, it's like he'll move, he'll go to move something or do something. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're like, I'm with my, you know, father-in-law. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, it's it's funny talking about your your physicality going from I and mean, you, you not only incorporated that sort of Western style from your grandpa into a space Western that we're not naming. But anyway, I
0: mean, that was that was intended,
2: <laughs> which is awesome. And it works. It works really well. But you also kind of took some styles from Yul Brynner. You mentioned this in a in a recent interview with um All New Nerds that Yul Brynner and even some Arnold Schwarzenegger, but also elements of Kabuki. Into your acting goals. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. what did you come to appreciate about Kabuki?
0: Well, first, it, the simplicity uh, of everything. And it's a lot like Samurai, who uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Dave Filoni. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but uh, uh, him. Uh,
1: I've heard his I mean, name once or twice.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean,
1: as, or as I like to refer to him as uh, the
0: Holy Filoni. Uh But <laughs> yes. <laughs> I call him the Filoni Baloney, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, No, honestly, he's uh, incredible with, uh, obviously, his art. Uh, Mm -hmm. Samurai. And understanding who you're dealing with, uh, with John and Dave, you know, you have to do your homework when you're working with people. I don't care who it is. Hey, what what have they worked on? What have I really enjoyed that they did? And how do I get to get them to incorporate that same uh, greatness within what I am what I want to accomplish? And so I look into, uh, you know, I'd worked with John on Cowboys and Aliens, but with Dave, for me, uh, it was all new. And then you find out what a regular guy he is, very approachable, very uh, collaborative and really kind. How does that work uh, to benefit us and the storytelling? And so you find that he loves samurai and kabuki is much like the samurai in the sense that every reaction movement has to have a meaning. Mm -hmm. So if you go like this, you know, you're saying, yes, no, this is a big, no, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) you see these things and they look so exaggerated and then you do something that masks and this has a different feel to it. Right. As an artist, I've found that if I can allow you to experience what I'm doing and define it individually, then I've done something. I, I, I've really done something because I've connected to you in a way that benefits us both. I'm still trying to tell the story, but I'm not telling the story and you want to be me. I'm telling the story and you are me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't matter, you know, like I have fans um, who uh, are girls, boys, it doesn't matter. Because of the outfit in Kabuki, right? Um, You're able to be anything. And so your audience can experience through you the story personally versus you're telling me I should be sad here you're telling me I should feel scared here there's a moment and it's whatever it is and because there's no none of this you're able to relate regardless of who you are and take the journey in a much different way and that's you know you I hoped that would be the experience you know people used to talk about you know everyone you know wanted to be your grandfather blah 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 Um, And it's incredible. And it's very cool. And it's um, the idea of and principles that he personified uh, so many ways are amazing. And and they and it should be applauded. I wanted something that allowed you to feel capable of being Mm -hmm. Um, he was he's more like Batman in the sense that uh, he is you could be a man in that costume. Mm-hmm. or a woman that was the best way I could say it without saying it.
2: Oh yeah no I totally I, I am so
1: we picked up what you were laying down all good
2: yeah but that is all one right, of the cool. amazing things about the character that shall not be named in the costume that we are not talking about is you do feel <laughs> all of that emotion <laughs> like it, it comes through you do feel that character very very well
0: yeah and that, that, <laughs> I mean that's a testament to those who got it there. And I don't mean, uh, I definitely mean the writer. I Mm -hmm. definitely mean uh, everybody that you don't see. And I don't think they're talked about enough. Um, I know we like to talk about quarterbacks and we like to talk about the flashy receiver, maybe the, the, the Hall of Fame running back. But the reality is, you have nothing to watch or enjoy without those men and women in the trenches who day in, day out, two hours before me, well, it's not me because I get there earlier, and two hours after me, which is true because I get the hell out of there, um, <laughs> are making sure that everything you're seeing that day, the next day is perfect. And it's everything to them. And I work with the greatest crew on earth and it's because they are valued and because they love what they do and they're incredibly excited to do it. And now if we can just compensate them for what they do, because I'm telling you, like, we just, we love the faces and I get it. 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 it. That's what, i there's no problem with that. I understand it, but it's like celebrating the, the, the learner and forgetting that there was a teacher there. I mean, uh-huh. We Absolutely. to to uh, reincorporating those ideas in our heads and those who want to be in the 1%, the alpha omega speeches that we hear constantly, or I do because I, I coach a high school team, um, then those kids who are the future will understand the value of what's presently in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I look to my crew uh, mates and know that, hey, look, and walk through that door. Anybody can walk through that door that's a that's even higher than the A-listers, you know, uh, the greatest space daddy. You know, he walks through the door, it makes a difference. but we're nothing without them. I don't have, if I don't walk into, um, God, it kills me that I can't say these names, (laughs) but these places that we grew up with, um, in our, in our childhood, that, that, that helped form who we were through the magic of, uh, George, um, and the mythology of, you know, Joseph Campbell and those things, Mm -hmm. uh, if we, if we don't have those pieces, we're it's not as interesting. I've seen I've seen the version of me cosplaying, um, walking down the street and sleeping in a cardboard box. I'm not watching it. It's compelling and it's emotional, but it's nothing without the environment that is created by more than one. And I I uh, all those crew members, you know who you are. Without you, we got nothing.
1: Well, let's, let's follow up that statement though, with a question uh, about what's going on right now, yeah. because, so let, let's talk about it because a lot of people out there don't understand why writers and actors are striking. There's a lot of, there's a lot at stake right now in Hollywood, uh, especially if, you know, it's huge, uh, you know, when you, when, because we've had to, you know, as a podcast, we've, we've had to, uh, taken it upon ourselves to sit down and learn about what's going on and, and why you guys are striking and, and, and so, yeah, we get it. We understand it. And we support the, what you guys are doing and we want you guys to be successful because we want, we want to see real faces, real actors, real people doing this, not AI. I want to see, I want to see real human emotion and real humans sentences. You know, I've, I've, I've tried a few things out on, on uh chat GPT and, you know, and, and uh, that's not how people talk. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun and everything. And I'm sure AI has its It's, place, but for those who aren't familiar with,
0: you know, where do we, you know, the beginning and the end of it is my, uh, it's not even fear because I I have knowledge of it. I, I can tell you right now, the show I'm currently working with, I've been scanned. I've been, uh, if there's a, if there's uh, something that they've we're fighting for right now, it's already been done to me. And you look at um my grandfather, for example. Sure. We want to okay, so we go into AI, right? Let's go make a movie, let's you know, go make a movie with John Wayne. It's possible, and you probably pull it off, and we'd probably get people there. Well, what, what is the intention of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because it is purely capitalistic and not in the altruistic version of it, the one that we wanted as a nation, but of uh, the greed kind, because unless we're doing it because we believe we've captured the essence of my grandfather, we lose the value of my grandfather, which was, he was real, he was uh-huh. human. All his characters made mistakes. Like people talk about the antihero and and Eastwood being the antihero in in this way that no one had ever seen, and it's not true. Go look at Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Go watch The Searchers. Go watch Red River. Go. This is a, a flawed man, and that's why people related to him. It wasn't because he was perfect. It was because he made the hard choice and the the choice for the betterment of those around him versus just himself in those roles, in spite of laws he was, you know, uh, known for, whatever it was, whether it was McClintock, which is hilarious, North to Alaska, any of these things, he represented a real human being rather than the the one that came him, the Western style that came before him, which was the white hat wearing cowboy. And so we take that, we give it to uh, AI and we lose the human quality. We can pattern it. And I'm sure eventually it can find it in a way that's almost seamless. But the great thing about the human condition is that uh, while we are prepared for responses, quite often those responses are not what we have prepared for. And if you have kids, you know what that is, you know, (laughs) like you're, you're like, and I, and I can remember so many things I did that I was like, Oh, when mom finds out I'm a dead man. Mm -hmm. And then you go in and you're like, Hey, so, uh, 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 and you're just waiting for the fire and the brimstone. And she turns to you and she's like, look, wasn't the best choice. And now you got to do the right, and you're like, "Who's this woman?"
1: I'm and alive.
0: You're, yeah, you're like, "Where's Medusa and the snakes?" Because I was waiting. For that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, so for me, what we're fighting for, to get back to the question, is we're fighting for the right to tell stories, without losing the value that we create when we tell these stories. So you watch um, Pedro. There's, there's no way you watch that fella and think, yeah, we could AI him. Nope. And it'll be, I mean, the only people who do are producers. And they go, yeah, we can follow that on an algorithm. There's no chance. He is, is incredibly talented. My my grandfather, incredibly talented. Uh, there's just no way you get these kinds of performances that, that relate to you as an individual. And then we find out later on, that it's not individuals that we were relating to. It was huge swaths of people. And then all of a sudden, we have a commonality in the audience that we didn't know we had. And what it creates is, like nobody wants to talk directly about uh, politics or religion. um, Because it's just too brutal. Like the way people respond, especially now there's, I mean, knives. everything comes out. And so what's the way to start a fight? Yeah, and so what does what storytelling allow us to do without um, that kind of thing? Y- you look at some of the stories that I've done in the last four years, and the mythology behind it, it marks a- along so many life trajectories, the the uh, the Jewish people and their their mm-hmm. uh, nomadic travel. Um, our U.S. fighting... Are we fighting, you know, for this new thing in the face of tyranny? is tyranny going to win out? are they right? and and it creates conversations that AI would never. AI is best used to dictate like a dictator would, the subject, the matter, the emotion, and the path that we must all choose, which to me, works against everything that we have built a foundation on. With all the flaws that we have, we are still capable of making the changes we need to make our world better because we have the freedom to do it. AI does not allow us that. It belittles more than anything. All those people you see in a scene that are, you know, walking around uh, the, you know, like... uh, we're in the we're if we were in a space cantina and we only had principal actors, we would lose all that environment because right those characters would have been scanned, and they'll take that and they'll add whatever they want because eventually that's what's able to happen. You're you're you can put this thing on here and do this and, and you go, right? And uh they just they'll take your scan once. So a guy who works let's say uh we got 72 days of filming and we have background artists or principal background um, and they're in a scene what normally would allow a bunch of people in the industry to work daily as well as earn their um insurance at a at a more affordable rate now only get one day and they got to go find another show to do it until that uh, bank of images is strong enough for the studios that they never need Mm -hmm. anybody. And then what do we lose? We lose humanity. It sounds so, uh, I don't know, like huge what I'm saying, but it's true. Like we, we lose this. They'll have somebody, you know, AI interview where you, Oh, okay. We're going to, the people want to hear this. And this is the problem. It's with our, you know, look, I have social media, I get it. It's my business, understand it. I also have my personal that, you know, I only deal with people I know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a value to it. But if we don't understand, and I have kids, so I I, I talk about this daily with them. Um, If we don't understand that they're, whoever owns this piece, whatever we're working with, whether it's, threads twitter whatever it is they all have an agenda and an algorithm that feeds their agenda and to think otherwise is so naive and so weak. i don't even understand the idea that we would lose uh that thing we we value so much the idea behind our storytelling is to create this so why would we want something to an algorithm to dictate anything to us because that's what they want. They want us, oh, well, I want this, whatever it is, platform to be worth more than anything because then I can hand money to my shareholders and things like that. I don't care about the product I put out at the end of the day because I just want it to go up so I can charge uh, advertising dollars, whatever it is, the monthly, whatever it is. And that's the drive, and that's what AI represents, which is the simplification of storytelling to the point where humans are useless, and there really is a 1% storyteller. And the more I've read about what we're fighting for and learned and, and been taught, the more I realize that this is a teamster. This is uh IOTC. These are all the unions within my uh Ballywick, but also usps ups
2: mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. it it goes back to the idea that do i buy from amazon of course i do I, I i don't know how i would function otherwise at the same time i should find out more and that's what i'm actually trying to do with my family which is finding out where is my uh where is my local ranch and can i get you know can I go over there? Can I raise cattle there? Like I used to. And then is there a butcher or do I need to learn this? You know, I know how to, you know, strip and, and create my own meat if I needed to, but I have someone do it for me now, but my kids don't. And maybe I ought to teach them. And how do I locally farm? You know, we actually grow carrots and I'm not, you know, the funny thing is, and I, you know, in my ignorance of youth, I was like, my, my grandparents from Italy grew all their fruits and vegetables. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to the store. Now I grow all my fruits and vegetables. They're all here. I have mm-hmm. everything I need to sell for you. The greatest climate that I can, you know, so it's finding these things and finding mom and pop stores. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do we keep them alive? How do we keep their value? Because without them, you lose so much. I went to a comic book store in Pittsburgh this weekend. And there's a friend of mine, Steve Byrne, who was an incredible comic, hilarious, great dude. Um, and uh I went to this comic book store that he grew up riding his bike to with his friends. So did Ming Na Wen, so did Dave Filoni, so did Mark Cuban, so so did so many other uh great Pittsburgh people. And it was this incredible place that, you know, if we don't honor it by walking through the doors it's got three stories it's got a music section with vinyl that had all the clash records because that's my heart and soul is the clash um i always nice. wanted to be a drummer mm-hmm. uh, i had to sing this weekend by the way you guys um that is a perishable skill and i don't know that i was ever good at it but <laughs> i, really I might have gone in thinking i got this and my god i was awful <laughs> but that's a side note. But yeah, it's it's without those things, we lose so much. Uh, and so as what am I fighting for? I'm fighting for the right to perform. I'm fighting for the right to tell our stories, mm-hmm. to tell stories that we chose in a way that represents us. There's no way AI will ever represent us. It'll, it'll only have an idea of our representation and and that's it. So uh I don't know, it's uh it, it's tough because you know we I make a, a, a heck of a living doing what I do when I work and the feast and famine there's I don't you know like I can't explain that to uh, the average joe they just don't you know see the seven years where I don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I say is the best way to relate this to you is look at your job and ask yourself, "Could they teach a computer to do this?" And who's going to fight for me when it comes time? Because it's coming, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not wearing tinfoil and sitting in my, you know, back house. I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's a reasonable expectation to know that, um, at the end of the day, if this goes through. My, my actual first love uh, after my mom made me go to the school for it is theater. That's going to be, we're going to go back to some communal theater and, and it's going to have to regrow and renew itself in some uh-huh. way if we allow this to proliferate in the way that we've allowed social media and algorithms to dominate our lives and our decisions and our thought processes. And if we don't You know, hit pause and listen to human podcasts like the FSS FSF podcast. I don't know what we're gonna we're gonna lose more than you ever know. So Mm -hmm. you know, dig in, listen to FSF podcasts, and let's go. You know, don't forget we didn't get here in a electrical stream. We 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 got here through humanity and let's continue to relish humanity stay responsible to each other stay visible if you see something say something let's go
1: yeah you know and i think too that on top of all that that you have all those issues and then you have the livable wage issues for for guys I, i saw an amazing stat and i just want to bring this up just real quick um and i can't remember the actor's name and i can see him uh, and this is really, really bad in my of me, but he was being interviewed on on on, uh, on this on the street sidewalk at, while he was out striking, and yeah. and somebody asked him about you know well you know why are actors striking don't you, know, you, you guys make enough money he's like he's like some actors do he's yeah. like but you know the thing is is that there's there's the writers and the the workaday actors. Who are not making enough to cover their own mortgages? Who aren't making enough to get on the the SAG insurance and oh. and other things like that? And so to me, it was just very. He said something. It was I want to say it was either eighty three or eighty seven percent of of the working actors did not uh,
0: make enough to qualify. Yeah, yeah.
1: I just, and that I'm, just kind of blew my mind. A
0: couple things. You said insurance and you said mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So until I worked on this recent show regularly, um I bartended to put my kids through school. 25 years I bartended. I have no shame in it. There's nothing to, I love doing it. Love I love bartending. And I will tell you right now, there was no way my kids wouldn't eat and we we I mean, there's just no way. You right. have to be uh multifaceted. And when those with those dry spells, the one percent that's able to you know, continue uh, to to do as well as they have. They're fine. They get they get producer credits, so they're getting paid right now. On another level, the one thing I would say, you know, if if we were back in three channel station ABC, NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. and we had broadcast, and that was it, and I was working like I am, there is no way I could complain. Mm -hmm. And that's what is being represented as where we're coming from as actors, as a union, as a writer or otherwise. I think the writers have always been um, picked on and whether it was in theater or or in movies, you know, they they commonly get uh, abused. Um, But I will say this, the difference when they came into new media, which is streaming Mm -hmm. and why don't they want to share their um, viewership? their subscriber list, how much there is, because it'll be more than the viewers on broadcast television, which is where we would get paid and right. residuals. Would. Right. It is a completely different scale. I have made more in residuals. And let me explain what a residual is. It's what happens after the sh- uh, show or movie has aired and then it re-airs. Mm-hmm. That is when you get because there's still value watch it. And so nobody misunderstands me that hey you got paid for that day's of work. Yeah, they're continuing much like my grandfather. They're continuing to use his likeness, image, storytelling ability in the movies he did. So they have to pay for that right. That's that's a you know it's like oh I one time uh worked as a bartender so they took that thing and they're going to go and use it They used me to build this thing and now they're going to go use something else to do it and Mm -hmm. I get nothing from that even though it's my image and likeness. That seems pretty backwards to me. So that's what we're fighting for. And so with new media, they cut it to, I think it's like a, the best way I can represent this is, so I was in a film. You barely, barely, you you would have to know where I was and pause to see and hear me. So I may, and that was, over 12 years ago. So as you go along, the percentage goes down of what you're getting. You're getting a smaller, smaller, smaller amount. It it doesn't hold its value. So I've had 27 cent uh, checks come to me from that. I made more from that last year than I did from the last four years working every day on every episode in residuals because of streaming new media. So one week on something I worked on over 12 years ago versus four years recently. Wow. That's what we're fighting for. Wow. So now, whether or not you like the amount of money, if you don't like the amount of money I make, stop buying the subscriptions and they're gonna have to charge less, make less, all those things. And mm-hmm. I get it. Families have to do that. I'm saying do it, do what's best for you. That's the only way you speak to these nameless, faceless things. Yeah. i get it. Yeah. Insurance. I'll tell you right now, two of my kids, um, I didn't qualify for insurance through seg. So I had to, uh, pay for it out of pocket. So Oof. yeah, it's brutal. It is. I'm telling you right now it's brutal, but it was just as expensive as if I had paid monthly for my whole family. Um, at that time, um, it was actually a little bit cheaper than if I just paid my monthly all year. Wow. So go figure. Luckily, we were healthy that year. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but that's but that's that's what we do. Now it's not a woe is me. I live a I I've I'm capable of doing other things. So I'm not sitting in the corner pouting and crying, but I am speaking to the power that is the studios, that is, you know, those people, I mean, think about this, this is another thing. Back in the day, and we, especially anybody who from my generation, um, X, that is, and we used to see people build careers as actors from guest star roles.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, they
0: could do some TV as guest stars and then either go on to the big screen or the TV and there was a separation, but you were able to build a career through that. Now you have the John Favros doing the guest roles, the Brad Pitts, and Great. it's um, it's unfortunate for the lunch pail actors mm-hmm. because we're fighting for the co-star role, which is a lot, you know, a lot harder to build a a, a career off of. And you know, there's still and and was uh, I think a more uh, recent time if you had following on social media, you could get roles regardless of if you were an actor or not. And that was all studio saying, hey, we want you to bring your audience into here, yeah. even though it has nothing to do with this. Now I get stars like a, like Pedro driving a, a, a movie or a show because he brings people to his storytelling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He is mm-hmm. perfected and continues to perfect his craft. Being famous because you uh, ate slime. I'm trying to be so PG right now.
2: Um,
0: Mm -hmm. You're doing great. Burns my butt. And I'll tell you, uh, I think we ought to um, reevaluate a lot of things and uh, understand that the person next door to me, next to me, needs to be as important as anything because without that strength, together. Right. We're vigils, and we get beat by everything.
2: Yeah. So talking about the humanity aspect of, of your work, you actually have also an incredible thing that you work with the John Wayne Cancer Foundation, which Um, is incredible. Um, and my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in November of 2019, December,
0: 2019.
2: Yeah. Uh, had surgery January 2020 luckily is in full remission which is fantastic fantastic but I understand how big and scary cancer can be I mean it was my mom's was a very small localized tumor that was easily removed easily radiated but it's still you yeah easily your
0: mom's a damn warrior she is that kind of stuff ain't easy and the more when you get there's a like, you know, even just like put sunscreen on everybody. Anybody who's out there, I'm just going to say that right away. Put it oh, on yeah. your face because you get a little, you know, whatever mark and, and someone's like, hey, that's, you know, cancerous. I don't care if they say it's non-killing, whatever, right. whatever it's malignant. Uh, Still cancer. It, it, it gets here and you start to think about, mm-hmm. well, what, what ifs? Yeah. where am I, you know, how's my family? What, like, how, what are they going to do? Like you can't, and then you never release that. That's always right. with you. I know from, uh, uh, my experience, um, I spent 42 days in a hospital. I, I died a couple times on the table and, uh, I had no idea if I was ever going to get back for me when my, my, the fact that my grandfather had the foresight when, At UCLA at the time with Dr. Donald Morton, who's a pioneer in cancer research, Um, he looked at his kids, my mom and aunts and uncles, and said, Hey, I want you to give this doctor whatever he needs, and we'll use my name if it'll help him, but we got to raise money for this guy. And you go, like, I remember being on my deathbed. I worried about my family. He was worried about the world. He wanted to eradicate cancer. And so that's what my, uh, and I'm proud to be there, nieces, nephews, and son, uh, they went out and used his name to create the John Wayne Cancer Foundation. Donald Morton, uh, you know, led the charge. And then we had, you know, Dr. Giuliani, Dr. Miles Corbett, who's out in uh, South Carolina now doing research, Dr. Steve O'Day, who did immunoblasty, where they found out that, you know, they've gotten to the point with their research and everything that we've learned is that if we can, without, not actual steroids, but if we can put our immune system on steroids, there's very little that we as a body, we as humans can't defeat. Mm-hmm. And they have found, we had a, a young lady, I can't remember how old she was, but when they went in and looked at her, she had had chronic pain and problems. Um, her body was like, 60 or it's probably more than that. I'm going to go low. It's like 65% covered in tumors and, wow. and late stage. 12 years later, at the John Wayne uh, Odyssey ball dinner where we raised money um, and spoke to us with her daughter next to her. And so when you are able to be a part of something that literally has so little to do with you, <laughs> but You can take pride in knowing that your heritage helped, you know, uh, further, man, like, I'm sorry. Like, it's like being John Wayne's grandson. Um, Maybe people don't enjoy it, but I think the majority enjoy it. And I think they, I, the idea of what he is to everybody can't can't help but make you proud because I went to Morocco. I did a movie in Morocco, and uh, it was War Pick. And they had a bunch of extras who showed up in my trailer, and they were locals to Morocco. But they, we were in out which is even further off. And I came out of my trailer, and the and the PA's like, uh, "Mr. Wayne, uh, he's uh, they want your autograph." I was like, "Mine." There was Jessica Biel, Sam Jackson, 50 Cent, Chad Michael Murray. Like, they had so many bigger names. But these men and women loved John Wayne. They had posters of them. They had VHS tapes. This was not long ago. So VHS tapes, while I understand them, most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, they had the... And I was like, why? And they're like, because he was his own man. He was free. He fought for freedom. He fought for the weak. Like I heard all of it. And it was amazing. So when I know that my I'm part of something that fought to allow people to live healthier, um, to live longer, I got an extra year out of my mom because of the greatness. And I mean, unbelievable skill. We had to have a surgeon who came in and uh, from from Penn who helped remove her initial tumor from smoking in her lung. And I got an extra year out of her where I had no right to think I was going to because of the greatness of these men that we have um, supported through fundraising, through the name, through whatever we could. And and will always, when I went into the hospital and they had to remove part of my intestine, uh, it was one of the cancer uh, doctors who, Called the doctor at the hospital and said, if you don't take care of this guy, you're gonna have a problem. And oh wow, it was it was real nice to know that you had those kind of bullets in your gun. Um, so yeah, I'm real lucky. I'll tell you this though. I don't as long as it's on the up and up, I don't care what research you're doing, what eradication, I love to fight cancer because it is so prevalent mm-hmm. and so preventable in so many ways. He, Clean, go buy from a butcher who's local if you can. All those things um, that we take for granted now that when we were kids, we didn't even think about sure. uh, you know, those kind of things can make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. Um now that said, uh this past weekend I went to help my buddy Steve Byrne, who did a fundraiser for the Lemieux Cancer Foundation. And I got to go, you know, meet the Lemieux Foundation people. And it's Mario Lemieux and Mm -hmm. they were unbelievable. Nancy is one of the greatest leaders over there at the Lemieux foundation. And I I had a great time and they were incredibly um, gracious. They lied to me and told me my song and singing was good. (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, But, you know, these are things that we should do. Um, it's a tough one to talk about because nobody really likes to talk about downers like that. But right. there's so many success stories that I'm, you know, even if one wins and we learn something from that one, then we've done something. So I, I am very proud to be a part of the uh, John Wayne Cancer Foundation, to be part of the Lemieux Foundation, to be part of this amazing country that allows us to uh, find ways to build each other up and support each other. And it doesn't demand it. We, we we actually have to earn those things from each other rather than just you're born to it. And uh, I love it. I love that. I love the coming together moments. Alright, so Brandon, we're at a point in the show where we
1: like to end up things with a little bit of a silly question. Okay. So we've All asked right. you some, we've asked you a couple serious ones. So here's a serious a silly one, you can answer this as serious or as silly as you choose. Now, i spent a little bit of time on your twitter page and i was yeah. kind of bouncing around and looking at a couple things and we like to call it uh polite stalking
0: or <clears throat> research. research it's a pretty what do, of research what do you call it? what's the last one research <laughs> yes that's what my yes. daughters call it too it's
1: polite polite stalking so yes so it said something on the top of your page there uh find your ikigai and i had to look up how to pronounce that because i'm very i'm very uh not japanese i don't know if you noticed that or not but yeah Yeah, exactly now it said what i found is that ikigai means that it's uh in japanese iki means life and guy means your value or worth so it's about finding your purpose in in life so brendan wayne what is your
0: ikigai so many um (laughs) sometimes i will say this it can be as simple as your coffee in the morning that that's your happy beautiful moment and then it propels you through the day um and sometimes it can change you know but i being able to look at my wife, and she's not mad at me. <laughs> uh I, I kind then, of identified
1: with that a little too strongly this last couple oh, of days. Oh, so. I'm with you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's not
0: unwarranted. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh but, no, I own it. I own it for sure. Yeah, I'm, no, I know, I mean, like I look at, <laughs> I'm like, has she figured out what an imbecile I am yet? Oh no, okay, great. <laughs> uh But being able she to- She
2: has, she just loves you anyway.
0: In spite of it, yes. <laughs> you no, know, I uh to be able to do that and then hold hands and more like right now, currently in my life, this is my my uh everyday, everyday ikigai. Absolutely mortify one or all of my children at the same time, whether it's she looks at me and says, Oh daddy, and they're like, Oh my god. and run out the room which it still gives me the creep sometimes but i love it because it crushes them that's one of the greatest (laughs) joys daily that i have or in the longer bigger picture of things um i hope i find a way to use my storytelling ability to bring people together and to just laugh we gotta laugh more people yeah absolutely i really do absolutely
2: we have enjoyed our conversation with you so much tonight and within the wonderful guidelines that are currently in existence because of the writer's strike what where Inside. can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and potentially any work you have coming out that you can't mention
0: <laughs> well there's there's some productions that we we we're able to work with who are not part of the the conglomerate um, but right now um, I am going to be I'm still doing the conventions um, and uh, just you know bring what you need signed and uh, I'll have something there that's less specific uh, but captures me um, and it'll probably be worth more because it, it's. it'll be the only time I offer that picture um, is during that time period, I'm still going to go do, them. uh, still going to go enjoy my time, honor my contracts. Uh, and in general, if you really do, if you want to, if you want to come and, and applaud me and support me, come out, find out the schedule for winter. It's, it's, uh, Lady Lancers soccer at Grant high school in San Fernando Valley. And I'll be there. I'm there five days a week. Um, but I'll be there. See our season starts, uh, and no, no beginning of November and, um, we'll go through February and hopefully we'll make it past the second round, which is where we reached in my first year. And I intend to, uh, improve upon that greatly this year, uh, by supporting these young women and their success. So if you really do what well, I'd, I'd prefer you come see me there than anywhere. And if you can walk right in, it's free. And we'd love the support, and these young ladies would love to see that it mattered. So if you're in the area, come see.